This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Searching for gifts for guys can be difficult because, honestly, they don't like what you're buying them. So put down the ugly tie and get him a man crate. Man crates take stuff guys love, like machetes, beef jerky, and video games, and packs them into wooden crates and ships them right to their door. They come with a crowbar so they can pry the box open themselves. Find a great gift for every type of guy, whiskey drinkers, bacon lovers, even zombie survivalists. Go to mancrates.com slash stew to find the perfect gift for every guy you know. Mancrates.com slash stew. Seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. What are you? What are you mouthing to me, Jeffy? What is this? No Start way. of the show. No. You're you're mouthing stuff. What? Uh, hands up! Don't shoot! Don't shoot! We're taking a stand here okay. on the program today. Don't uh, you? We are taking a stand, honoring mm-hmm. something that someone didn't do. Thank you. Yes. We want to make sure that people know that that thing that didn't happen is important. If you sway back and forth, to and fro, it also helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. I think that it helps enhance the message a little bit. You might want to skip it. It's going to work your abs a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's almost exercise. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Yeah. So, um, hands I, up, don't you? Don't I'm shoot. the only one standing. I've had a few encounters with police, that, and I've never, so far, have not been shot. Yeah, well, that's and, sure and I, I, I'm thinking that part of the reason is <laughs> your whiteness. Uh, yes, that, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. and the fact that I have not hit a police officer in the face. Ever. Have you developed some friendships? Nor have I. No, I've developed no. zero friendships with him. <laughs> but I have also not gone, gone for their gun. Well, there was that time you went gun juggling, and you just tried to grab three officers' guns at once and just started to juggle them in the middle of the... Right? Yes, Wasn't except that... that didn't happen. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. All of that was true except for what you just said. <laughs> okay. So That's minor. Yeah. Uh, this is the issue here. Um, it's a pattern. A pattern. Yeah. A pattern of behavior yeah. that leads to other behavior. The mm-hmm. pattern of behavior of taking an officer's guns lead to another kind of behavior, which is getting shot with one of those guns. Right. That is typically what happens. It's what not desirable, uh-huh. frankly. That's not, it's not, I, you it's know, not optimal. And look, it, I, I probably am uh, I'm known on the program as being pro-police, uh, which I'm completely comfortable with. I'm definitely pro-police. You are pro-police. Jeffy, very anti-police. <laughs> yeah. um, I am definitely not pro-police. <laughs> Although I will say... There are a lot of payments that go from your accounts to officers' accounts for various mm-hmm. things. Would you say that's That fair? doesn't make me pro-police. No, it does not. Okay. Um, and, but you, you, you have problems at times with the way police beha- uh, behave, as we all do. Yeah, um, of course. There was a well, story on, on, on The Blaze today, which, yes, again, I, uh, which I wanted to bring up. Because and we're probably on the opposite sides of this. It's irritating to me. I I do not like the show me your ID. So I nobody's done anything wrong. I don't either. I in Texas, oh gosh, you that. need not show ID. I hate that. So when much. you're not under arrest. Uh, now, say- if you're arrested, then you're you're obligated to show them your ID. When you're not arrested, 
You're under no obligation to right. show your ID. It's now, none of your business. Who I am, where I live, I'm just standing here. Right. And, and Get they, off me. I can't remember what they were saying. They were looking for someone specific, right? Yes. Like, there was, so like a, there was a fight see, in the parking lot. Is that the one see, you're talking about yeah, with the is, woman? Yeah. Now, look, there's a line between what Pat's saying, however, yeah. and what happens in this video. And this is what I have a problem with all the time. This person was not standing there watching me like, wow, what's going on? The person goes, hey, show me your ID. No. They were in their face agitating, trying to get a reaction out of the officer, tried the about entire that. pack. She on, was videotaping what was going on. <laughs> yes, and she's saying, I don't have to do a video. I don't. And then as soon as, she, as soon as anything happens, she mysteriously thinks to go like this with the camera to show herself. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's selfieville. I can't take the freaking... I will tell you, though, it's I, not illegal. To videotape the officers. It is not illegal. Perfectly within your rights. And it is it not, I don't think they Unless did anything you're illegal Unless with what they're doing. I don't think they did anything illegal yet. It's I not illegal for them to ask for I, your ID. No, but it, when you're told, no, I don't have to give you my ID, back off. Get off me. Yeah, I mean, look, Get off me. She, she was out there trying to make an incident. And I, I, that I don't like. And again, no, I don't I, like that either. I, and, I, and I know you I don't like that either. But it's, it's if, just, it's if you come me. up to me and I'm standing there. And I'm, I'm a witness to a fight, or I tried to break it up, or whatever. And then you start coming on to me and demanding my ID when I'm... Uh, are you arresting me? No, I just want your ID. I want to know who you are, and I want to know right now. Produce, give me your ID. Uh, no, I, I don't have to. Yeah, I'm under no obligation no. to right. give you my ID. And then if you take me into a chokehold at that point, again, that's I'm really going to be pissed. She, she I'm was, really going to be pissed. She was restrained for approximately one-third of one second. I don't care. That, that's uh, too far. He, he's, he got carried away. He got carried away. I didn't have a really he, problem His ego got the best of him. Is, she wasn't complying with his order because yeah. she didn't have so to. But pissed. this is why I think this is a, 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 an interesting thing to bring up in that you're not going, you're not Mr. I side with police on everything. No. You don't blindly say the police are always right and, right. and the person who's accused is always wrong. And, and, and I like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. And while, look, and while I tend to go on that side, maybe mm -hmm. as, you know, a little bit more, and particularly in this case, than, than you do, mm -hmm. th th there, it's not this blind like thing. I don't, if, if, uh, if Michael Brown was murdered in cold blood by this officer, you don't understand how much I want that officer in jail for the rest of his life. And in fact, Correct. I would like him executed. I'm a death penalty supporter, and if he did this to Michael Brown in cold blood because he's a racist, uh, I would like him executed. Yep. I felt the, very strongly the same way about if you go back years and years to the Abner Louima case in New York where they sodomized this prisoner. I was not like, hey, come on, give the cops a break. Everybody needs a little sodomy every once in a while. No. That was not my stance. Mm -hmm. This case is not that case. This is a case in which a guy who, a, who was robbing a convenience store is walking in the middle of the street. But you don't get executed for walking in the middle of the street. You don't get executed for stealing cigarettes. You get executed for grabbing for officers' guns. That's when you get executed. And it's not execution at that point. It's the cop Self -defense. defending himself. And it seems like Charles Barkley understands that. Yeah. Which is, again, he seemed to understand that our justice system... Um, uh, it seems to understand that, uh, understand that our justice system actually is something that we would typically like to support unless there's evidence to the contrary. He supported the Trayvon Martin uh, verdict. Uh, that was not certainly a popular thing to do in the black community. And he seems to support this one as well. Yeah. Um, we have uh, some of his uh, rant from uh, 97.5, The Fanatic in Philly. He was on talking about this, and I think he made some great points. Watch. 
You know, there's this perception, you know, we're talking about Russell Wilson. There's a faction of black people. You know, I grew up with these guys. When you try to uh, do well in school, they tell you you're acting white. When you speak intelligent, they're telling you you're acting white. We should have more black kids speaking correctly. We should have more black kids going to college, getting great jobs. You know, part of the problem is we got we teach. That's one of the reasons I made the role model commercials. We tell blacks unless they can play, be entertainers or jocks, they're not successful. We can be doctors, lawyers, engineers, teachers, fire and policemen, but there is a perception among some black people, and I got more support now than I got negativity. I know some of the uh, that's like them them, them jackasses in, uh, who who are looting. Those aren't real black people. Those are scumbags. No, real black people, they're not out there looting. I just watched a great story on CNN where a bunch of folks, really amazing folks, wouldn't let them burn down uh, mm-hmm. an establishment. Yeah. Uh, it, yep. it was a great story. There's a perception among really some was. black people, you're not a thug, a hood rat. You don't wear your pants down by your ass. You're not black enough. And they're always holding us back, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. And I ain't shedding up, and I ain't backing down. Good for him. I mean, that's great stuff. Yeah, and also uh, excellent pronunciation of the word looting. Yeah, I noticed that. He really overpronounces it, and I like it. I like it. I guess when you're talking about speaking intelligently, you should probably make sure you say the words correctly. Probably. He did a good job with that. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. And he went further. Uh, He had more to say about the Ferguson situation. We have to be really careful with the cops, man, because it wasn't for the cops. We'd be living in the wild, wild west in our neighborhoods. I think we can't pick out certain incidents that don't go our way and act like the cops are all bad. Uh, I hate when we do that because think about it. Uh, do you know how bad some of these neighborhoods would be if it wasn't for the cops? Uh, listen, yeah. first of all, it's always great to play Monday morning quarterback. Uh, it, like he shot him a lot. Like, well, if you got a gun and you're fighting with somebody. You're not going to shoot them once. You're going to pull the trigger X amount of times. Like I say, I don't know what happened, Ferguson. Nobody knows what happened. I want to take the time as a responsible person, read the grand jury statement. Uh, like I say, I didn't know they got to fight inside the car. Uh, that that what tells me something like, wow, they, there's two shots in the car. And it's been proven that the young kid uh, came toward this guy for I want to say 22 feet. I didn't know that until this morning. I'm in Philadelphia Mm. all summer. You know that. I'm there four months a year. Mm. It really makes me sad every single day, not one day, not Monday, not Wednesday. Every single day, black-on-black crime is an epidemic, and nobody goes crazy. And like I say, I don't know what happened, man. I'm just going to go by the evidence, forensic evidence. But that being said, there's no excuse for those people to be out there burning down people's business, burning up police cars. That serves no purpose. Totally that agree. serves no purpose whatsoever. I That's totally awesome agree. stuff. That's awesome. And, and it, it's incredible to me, though, that until November 25th, he had never heard the fact that, that there was a struggle inside the car and that two shots were fired. We knew that a couple of days after. Mm-hmm. Maybe the day of. 
I mean, we knew this a long time ago and have been talking about it ever since. And those, are, those were based on reports, and we hadn't seen the actual right. grand jury but testimony. It's, it's but it's incredible that he known. didn't even yeah. he didn't even hear it. I yeah. mean, that's how isolated some of these people are. And I think that's the people case in the, the media, Rams, right? liberals. They just don't know stuff, and that's why they go off. Half cocked. You don't even know the facts. Yeah, I mean, just, is Tavon so Austin? Shut your mouth. Is Tavon Austin flipping through the thousands of pages of testimony? Uh, no, um, the Rams, the Rams uh, wide receiver. Wide receiver? No, he's not. Hand. No, he's no, not. No, it's clearly not. Can we um, enter into a world uh, I like to call the worst part of me <laughs> for a second here, Pat? Um, now you don't want to go in Jeffy's worst part of you. That's not a world you want to be in. But no. enter mine for just a moment. Okay. I would love, I, and I know you can't do this, and I know it's a terrible thing, and it's the worst part of me, but I would love the Ferguson Police Department to say, you know what, guys? You have convinced us that we are a terrible influence on this community. You're right. You know what? To prove how right you are, we're taking the next week off. We will not be doing anything in your town for one full week. Let's see how much you like the town after that one. Because that's going to be glorious. Execute your wonderful version of what this paradise will be like without the police. Give it a whirl for a week. Hell, a month. Check it out. Let's see what happens to your property values after that month. If there's any property left. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a wonderful Ferguson it would be, Pat. Especially right now. Oh, Can my you imagine gosh. If they did that now? <laughs> if they went lovely. on strike or whatever. Well, oh, that was uh, being in the worst part of Stu, not me. Uh-huh. Uh, it would be that's what they were talking about uh, what they should be doing with the National Guard and the police all armored just surround it and let them go don't yeah. even try to stop that <laughs> well I mean in all seriousness like what about the Rams games you know I mean I, there's got to be a p- part of the St. Louis Police Department that's like you know what I'm no way do- am I defending that, that freaking dome for better them. believe it let them all be domed in there themselves and see what happens you know what let let Tavon uh, what's his face Tavon Austin uh, Tavon Austin yeah. let him defend the dome yeah Screw it. Well, he's pretty small. He's fast. <laughs> I don't care. He would run away. I will say he would get away. Oh, man. He's it very is. Very quick. It's agonizing. It's even agonizing to Cuppa Postum Joe. Uh, the, from the morning Cuppa Postum, here's Joe. He's fed up with the thing, you know, in Ferguson. Here he Somebody is. needs to tell me why Michael Brown has been chosen as the face of black oppression. I, I see actually a reverse of what happened in Trayvon, where right-wingers clinged to this nasty, thuggish guy that chased a young black man through a neighborhood simply because he was black. He was guilty. Trayvon was guilty of walking while being black. There are so many great people to embrace as heroes in the black community. That deciding you're going to embrace a guy that knocked over uh, a convenience store and then, according to grand jury testimony, acted in ways that would get my children shot on Staten Island or in Queens or in Brooklyn, that's your hero? That's the reason you want to burn down black businesses? that small business owners in Ferguson have worked their entire lives for. That's why you want to block African-American commuters with five children going to work in the Bay Area and get them fired? Really? This is your mission in life? 
Yeah, he goes on to talk about mm. some of the nonsense that's been spewed, and, he, and that's the word he uses, on his own network, MSNBC and others, uh, about how heroic this kid is, or was, and, and how, how they've uh, lionized him. And it's absolutely bizarre to me. Why, you know, he makes a good point, why have you chosen this guy to make your stand when he was doing bad things? Uh, to get shot, to get himself into this circumstance. Did I, did, did I misunderstand Bizarre. at the beginning? Was he saying Trayvon was the right guy? He was saying <clears throat> Trayvon was guilty of nothing, essentially of walking, being black. Yes. yes I mean, that's not, a, that's not an informed opinion. Yeah, he, he, no, case. absolutely. And, and that, I was going to bring that up yeah. as well. Uh, he, you that's know, not to say Trayvon was He's wrong-headed on a lot of things, and we yeah. know that about Joe Scarborough. Right. He's wrong-headed on that, too. And he, he's talking about his right-wing nutjob friends who, who uh, made him into a hero and we weren't making uh george zimmerman into a hero no but no and you I, know I, when I, you're getting your face and your beat in and you're having your head smashed against the concrete uh of the street and you're starting to black out you don't know what's going to happen if you do you're going to defend yourself in that situation too yeah. now did he turn out to be a good guy i don't know probably not According to his ex-wife yeah, and the, some other women he knows. There are some other issues uh, surrounding some that. Some other issues. But that wasn't what was on trial, him, right. him being a good guy or not. And again, that, I, don't, I think if his point was just to say Trayvon Martin didn't have these types of things on his record that Michael Brown does, I, that's a supportable point. I, I think yeah. he, But it seems to me that he's saying that... I mean, look, the, the evidence in that case also supported him not being guilty. Now, that was a little bit different because it was a tough situation and we don't know everything that happened. You know, it was... You know... It was, but it is a different case, set of evidence here. Mm -hmm. Remember that one at least got to trial. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one even gets a trial. Right. So uh, you know, it's a little bit of a different situation. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's patents too. Welcome. Uh, Louis Farrakhan is uh, involved, I guess, in, in making things much better in this country, uh, talking about Ferguson right now. Uh, he's a helper, and I think, I think he's always oh, been a helper. Oh, my gosh. You know, if there's one thing you can say about Louis Farrakhan, it's he's a helper. And actually, uh, George W. Bush stole I'm a uniter, not a divider from Louis from Farrakhan. From him, yeah. yes. <laughs> that was really, in fact, he, he's the original uniter. He kind of admits to helping Malcolm X right into a, a gravesite. He united him he with He united the him with a coffin. <laughs> yeah, and, which is uh, great of him. The, the earth. for that. He brought him back to the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, so he's, he's a uniter. Yes. Uh, and here he is uh, uniting. As they kill us mm -hmm. and go to Wendy's and have a burger and go to sleep, and it, we've all done that. They're gonna keep killing us. Mm -hmm. But when we die and they die, wow. then soon we're gonna sit at a table and talk about retired. <laughs> we want some of this earth. We'll tear this country up. We're going to tear this GD country up. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, beautiful. When I think of the holidays, I think of Louis Farrakhan. Don't well, you know? Look, seriously. Uh, no, whether it's Ramadan or Christmas or 
Hanukkah. Oh, it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. That chat right behind you is just nothing. It says love. It does. It says love. He, he looks, looks happy. Love. He, he looks, is all about the love. He is. He, he is Mr. Love. In <laughs> fact, in a lot of circles, he's called Mr. Love. <laughs> he's come to the point now where he can literally say anything and no one does apparently. it. No, I mean, no, apparently. No, apparently. Really, nothing. You're inciting violence here, aren't yeah. you? You're talking about uh, killing white people. I guess the they he's speaking of are whites. Yeah, uh, I, I really wish I was in talk radio back in the day when the Million Men March happened. Because this was an event praised universally by the media yeah. at the time. At the time, it was this wonderful, glorious thing that was just this grassroots collection of young African-American entrepreneurs getting together and marching for their rights. And then you realize later on who Louis Farrakhan is and, and what the, the organization he's leading is doing. And I don't, that, that wasn't really, I mean, I'm sure at the time, talk radio, and I feel like I heard like Rush talking about this at the time, where they were explaining what was going on with this organization, the words of Louis Farrakhan, who he was. Uh, but the media just rolled with it. They just don't care. And now that it's been proven over and over again that he's a psychopath. Then I just, they just don't cover what he says anymore. Yeah. He was, you were making him the leader of uh, the entire African-American population back in sure. the day. Definitely. And he, I think we've realized by now that he's, uh, he's potentially, he was involved with the murder of, of Malcolm X. He's, he's talked about that. Yeah. He uh, is pretty radical. He's talked about violence as, as it applies to white people often. He's talked about tearing this country apart before. He's uh, talked very unfavorably, uh, if I remember correctly, about uh, Obama being a traitor or something yeah, at one point. Remember that? Yeah, gone far enough. Yeah. yeah and gone far enough. Right. Yeah. And, and, and yet nothing. There's no repercussions. He, he experiences no consequences of his actions. He's 81 now. They're waiting for him to die. Is he 81? Hmm. Wow. I know. He's pretty spry for 81. I know. Yeah. He well, must have I mean, made some kind of pact with the devil. People say that all the time, but uh, <laughs> Jeffy's 113. Look at him. But he's not spry. He, well, look, he doesn't look a day over 106, 107. No, that's probably true. I don't have a full 110 deal tops. We're still in negotiations for a full deal with the devil. <laughs> You'll be here forever, won't you? Uh, so, every once in a while I realize that, it makes me so sad. But wait. <laughs> Meanwhile, another one of my favorites, uh, Attorney General Eric Holder, uh, spoke at Ebenezer Baptist Church yesterday about the unrest in Ferguson. He told the audience the Justice Department will unveil a plan to end racial profiling. Now, that's not, it has nothing to do with what happened at Ferguson. But I'm, I'm glad he tied it into it because, uh, well, no, I'm not glad he tied it into it. He said, in the coming days, I will announce updated Justice Department guidance regarding profiling by federal law enforcement. This will institute rigorous new standards and robust safeguards to help end racial profiling once and for all. This new guidance will codify our commitment to the very highest standards of fair and effective policing. I'm guessing that's going to handcuff police uh, in a major way. I, I don't know what he's going to what he's, what he's going to announce, but it's Eric Holder. It can't be good. No, it's right? never good. It's never good. I will say that they they talk about the uh, the uh, cameras being on the police officers, and that that's I do like. One of the big things I I do like it. I don't like it from a federal position. I, I don't like $263 million coming from our federal government to go to pay for these things. Is that what they said it's going to cost? Um, it, it, that was part of the package. Wow. Um, uh, $263 million package. Part of that was, that was the camera, supposedly, and the details are still a little hazy. Um, 
to me, I don't like it coming from the federal government. I, I, but I would like my local police department and every local police department to have cameras on them. They're inexpensive, relatively. Yeah. Uh, you know, take off, uh, you know, uh, 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 one feature on the cop car, you easily pay for them. Um, and uh, to me, it's a, it's a defense mechanism for the police. And also for us. But I think, honestly, mm -hmm. the, the police are going to be the one that benefit most. From I think so, too. Because... I think we wouldn't be where we are now with the Ferguson thing had he had right. a, uh, a body camera, because we would have seen. Right. It was justified. No protests, no question. Yeah. You would have seen it's justified, and right. that would be, it would be over. Yeah. And I think also, you know, people would, there would be a, a, a decent amount of people who would realize they're on camera whenever they're with an officer and act differently. Uh, I think that, so that would benefit officers as well. Um, I, you know, I, and officers would know, hey, I'm on camera, so I better act as, as good as possible. I think it's good all the way around. And I think it's a good quality policy. Care. We've seen cases where they don't it care. It does, where absolutely. They're on camera and the cop is in the wrong, and then he gets taken care of. Yeah, it does happen. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I have no problem with that. It was kind of interesting because you mentioned the, the uh, one police uh, video that's, uh, that's on the blaze right now. There's another one where an officer shows up, uh, and he is using his cell phone to record what's going on really? with uh, a guy who he stopped and questioned in a neighborhood. But there's another kind of sketchy thing. It, it's not against the police because they were called to an incident, but uh, apparently the residents in this neighborhood called police because a guy was walking by their house. He was just walking by the house with his hands in his pocket. Yes. Um it's freezing cold outside. <laughs> yeah, he's got his hands in I get to walk on the sidewalk. Since when do you call police over a person walking through your neighborhood with their hands in their pockets? I, I mean, you're... Okay, uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's no fault of the police. They have to call and check it out right. when someone calls them. So but, the police yeah. officer comes in, and to his credit, he's, he's really nice about it. And he's like, hey, you're, there's no problem. You're, you're fine. It's okay. But the guy is understandably pissed off yeah, and I, I don't know if he's black and that's why that could have been a case of a resident racial profiling it's possible i will say that this uh, i don't this, know this well, a similar thing happened that. to me recently uh i was uh oh, jeff you may be able to relate to this particular scenario i think pat mm -hmm. maybe you as well uh, people who are overweight mm -hmm. um do this thing where they may tend to go through a drive-through on the way home and maybe maybe dinner is a half hour, forty five minutes away. That's too far. Oh, I've so tried, listen, you I've can't tried survive to program that. my car not to do that. It, I don't it just know if it's factory; it automatically does. That might that. be what happened with me too. So I may or may not one day have gone through the in and out drive through on the way home, despite mm -hmm. dinner being forty five minutes uh, it's away. Got a and quick then, fry and a shake. And anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, got a little in and out delicious in and out grilled cheese, which I love very much, and some fries and a shake. And shake maybe good. I pulled into a uh, adjacent um, uh, parking lot <laughs> just to stop uh, and eat it. Get it stop and eat it because I, not because I wanted to hide that I got yeah, it on the way home because I'm pathetic. It was because I just, for safety gotta, reasons, didn't want to yeah. eat it while I was driving. And this particular establishment was closed. I think I don't remember what. It may have been a Sunday or something. It was closed. And uh, it was like an auto parts store. And I was the only car parked in the parking lot. Just sort of randomly parked in the parking lot. Now, was I doing anything no, wrong at not. all? No, no Not at all. And so no. I sat there, and I was stuffing food in my mouth. And... What do you know but a evil police officer came bastards. by and pulled up next to my car. <laughs> really? And he asked me what I was doing. 
Did you say none of your effing business? No, this is the key. <laughs> none of your effing business, <laughs> this, Pally. Okay? This is how you don't get, get shot. Get off me, pig. Yeah. <laughs> what is I said what was, said? oh, I'm just <laughs> stuffing my face with this with, with a with in and out burger. He's like, oh, okay. I'll see you. And he took off. If and you then, handle then, situations like that with the cop. And then you spit then at him. What's you it to you? I say, get out of my way. Yeah. And then I rammed the car into his. <laughs> uh, but look, you know, you he's. You actually just responded to his question. I just responded and, to his question huh. honestly. Huh. I wasn't away. doing anything wrong. He didn't and tell he me didn't to leave. He, he didn't, didn't do either. anything wrong either. Now, no, he did not. He, what he did is he saw a car. He might have park. been, he, you know, either somebody called him or he was driving sure. by and he saw you. He driving by and saw me and said, and you know. And thought, hey, I wonder if somebody's hey, casing the joint. Right. To, you know. Or, and, and look. Or you're broken down. Or you're broken down. Closed, yeah. I mean, just, and I really think that's the situation here. Because I operate in my life under the premise that the police are not out to get I me or too. to kill me or to execute me in the street for no reason or to uh, harass me. I operate under the uh, uh, the premise that the police are generally doing the job that they think is is they see fit to to keep the community safe. And when he saw my car parked mm -hmm. in front of this auto parts store, he may have thought, you know, I, I don't know why. He's, what is he doing there on a Sunday? It's, it was kind of dark out, and like, what's he doing there? You know. So I he came by. He asked me a question. He saw that I had, you know, cheese on my face, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 you know what? God knows whatever sauce they put on those things, just dripping down my shirt. And he said, mm -hmm. okay, this fat. Moron just wants to hide that he's eating fast food. Bye bye. Chick fil A is closed, okay? I'm here. <laughs> when you operate under that premise, your interactions with the police tend to go well. So yeah, you're amazing. saying that you did not exit your car, come over to his, and start punching him in the face? <laughs> and grab for his gun? Oh, and grab for his gun. No, you I did not get that part. Because huh. I didn't think of him, huh. I didn't think of the action as some assault on my life. Right, right. I thought of it as a guy looking out for the community, and, and you know what? He keeps us safe every day, thank I mean, God. Actually doing his job. A man doing his job. Huh. And man, mm. when you start seeing these huh. interactions mm. this way, your life tends to be so mm -hmm. much better. As we saw last night on Glenn's show, black or white. Right. Uh, the, 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 the minister last night, who's African-American, as I think he says in the video, he drives a BMW. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this terrible, stereotypical thing of a, what a, this could be a drug dealer, racial profiling. He has had interactions with the police. And instead of making a big deal of it, instead of making it into a violent incident, he just says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just here doing my thing. And he's made friends with the officers because of it. And the officers are happy because they don't have to deal with some nut job who's going to try to take their gun. Right. They are happy right. with those interactions. Yeah. You know, like, I, you don't want to be pulled over every 10 seconds. But you, if you handle it the right way, these things tend to take care of themselves. Did you hear him call the gentle giant a nut job? I know. Called him a nut job. That's, oh I never gosh. said that. I, I was, oh my I was gosh. talking, about, I was talking about somebody Isn't else. Isn't that what you meant? 888 Back more patents do coming up. Now, as far as the officer that I'm confronted with, uh, Grossman. Who's uh, giving you a, a speeding ticket? Yeah. No, you, you treat him with disdain. Utter disdain. See this uh, Chris Rock nonsense? <laughs> I did. I, you don't like it? No. He's an interesting guy, though. Chris Rock. I, I think he says things in an interesting way.
Yeah. And he does that here. Um, his, uh, he had a rant a long time ago. Because we used to get so annoyed. Like this whole thing about, you know, we say this all the time, the double standard. You know, if a white person comes on the air and says what that black preacher said on the air last night. You're fired. You're fired. And, uh, but a black person can come out and say whatever they want about white people and nothing happens. Yeah. And his point on that was uh, those who have the most stuff get to say the least stuff. And those who get those who have the least stuff That's get to crap. say the most stuff. Who made that rule? I him. Yeah, I think it's nonsense. Just, no, it's part of a comedy routine. Yeah. I don't but like I mean, it. I think that's the. I point. don't like his comedy. I don't like his routine. I think it's funny. I don't like him. But I thought I the do. point there was essentially like, like, you just give breaks to anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, they, the media just gives a complete break, and they say, well, because <laughs> they've had this past of oppression, they get to do whatever they want, and because white people were so evil, they are they are held accountable for everything. And he right. makes the point of. Um, uh, r racial divides, and his point was, he is one of the, the greatest comedians of all time, and he says it in a That's more his humble way. He said it in a more humble way than that, but people say that about him. He is one of the ba greatest mm. black comedians of all time, probably top five, ten, right? Mm. His neighbors are, I think it's Jay Z, top thirty, maybe, who's arguably one of the greatest rappers of all time, and yeah. I, again, and Denzel Washington, I think maybe I can't remember who the actor is. Who, one of the greatest black actors of all time, yeah. right? The yeah. other neighbor he has is a dentist. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he's not the greatest dentist of all time. He's just a dentist. And his point is, it, you have to rise to the level of Chris Rock or Denzel Washington to get into his neighborhood. But if you're white, you just have to be a dentist. <laughs> Again, I don't think it's true, but it's funny. It's kind of funny. I think it's a funny way of looking at things. And, and if you put this in the context of comedy, maybe mm -hmm. you don't hate it as much. Do, do you want to go? No, I hate it. <laughs> because he's not saying any of those any of those things. He's saying the concept of black progress has nothing to do with African Americans and everything to do with white America finally not being, quote, as crazy, unquote, as they were in the past. Rock said that it was time that white America started owning the actions of previous generations. Uh, no, I'm never going to do that. F you. Yeah, you know what? F I'm you. not owning anything no. that, that somebody else did. I'm going to Why own what I, I do. And uh, maybe yes. my children and maybe my spouse. And I will that's take about responsibility it. for me and the people I've raised. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's about it. And really, frankly, after I've raised them, they're kind of on their own. Yeah. I mean, I, I did what I could, and now it's up to them. Yeah. Okay, I'm not taking responsibility for what they do as adults now. No. Uh, in fact, if they were teenagers and they went off the rails, uh, but I, I taught them correct principles, that also is really not my fault. Yeah, I mean, you try to do what you can if yes. they're living under your house, yes. uh, in your household, but that's about it. But, but, to, take, but to own what, what ancestors, first of all, none of my ancestors were slave owners. They weren't here. They weren't here yet. I, I haven't looked into. I'm sure they didn't live in the, the South. They didn't own slaves. Yeah, I didn't live in the South. None of my ancestors had Swedish. anything to do with it. I can't. That couldn't have been any Swedish slaveholders. Mine were Irish, and they were and they were uh, starving because of the potato famine, and they were getting on ships and coming over here and going to Montana. How many slaves were owned in Montana? Uh, let me think very carefully. A lot. A ton. A ton. None. None. Uh, zero. I will say a lot uh, of our uh, ancestors were starving, and that's why we're making up for it today. Yes, mm -hmm. that's that we will own. Yeah, we will own. We that. will take care of the <laughs> starving portion, and we will we will eat until we explode. <laughs> he says, "Here's the thing: when we talk about race relations in America or racial pro progress, it's all nonsense. There are no race relations. White people were crazy. Now they're not as crazy. 
To say that black people have made progress would be to say they deserve what happened to them before. So to say Obama's progress is saying that he's the first black person that's qualified to be president. I don't think that's what that's saying. Yeah, that's, that's actually not false what, premise. Yeah, that's a false premise, and that's not what he's saying here. What, what, the person who said that was your vice president, uh, Joe Biden, right. was the one saying he was the first black person to be qualified. Yeah, to be the president. first clean, clean, articulate, handsome, man articulate uh, running for president. It's a storybook, man. Right. You're talking about middle class Joe. Middle class right. Joe. A middle lot of people call him that because yeah. yeah. people probably didn't even recognize Joe Biden. They're like, wait, you mean middle class <laughs> Joe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that what you mean? Okay. Good point. Mm -hmm. Uh, he says that's not black progress, that's white progress. There's been black people qualified to be president for hundreds of years. I'm sure that's true. The advantage that my children have is that my children are encountering the nicest white people that America has ever produced. Let's hope America keeps producing nicer white people. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, look, he's, he's coming to he's coming to it from a different perspective. I think it's a funny way to put it. I think the, the what's interesting there too is black people apparently have been monolithically great since yes. the beginning of time. That's There's right. never been any black That's people right. who have been bad. No. None of them have ever done anything wrong. It's just and the difference they in white been, people. If they have been, it's because of white. People. It's because of white people. I mean, look. It, it, is is there an element of truth there? Were the people uh, of the 1700s in the Civil War era uh, uh, as as nice to black people as we are today? Of course, the, answer, the majority is no. The, the, the mm -hmm. answer to that would be the majority. Right. Uh, it would be no. Uh, and so I think there has been progress of white people. I think that's OK to say we have moved. Mm -hmm. We have done. I, I, I'm glad at least he's recognizing there has been that progress yeah. because Some most don't. people don't do that. Uh, when arguing this point, um, however, th there have been progress on both sides. Look, you look at the, you know, the, uh, you know, the black, the uh, Black Panther movement and Malcolm X and all of that. I mean, Malcolm X himself made progress. He, just him himself. Martin Luther King made progress throughout his life. There is progress on both sides. People do, I think, generally become more accepting of others and don't make those stupid decisions like racism. And, you know, I, mean, I think that, that we are making progress on both sides. And to, to single out white people as the only people that need to improve is, is absurd. Yeah, it, it really is. He, there's more absurdity here, too. He says it's about white people adjusting to a new reality. That's the from question. New York. That's a question from New York Magazine. He said owning their actions, not even their actions, the actions of your dad. I'm not owning the actions no. of my dad. no. Do you own the actions of your dad? That's, I mean, this is really stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's unfair that you you can get judged by something you didn't do, but it's also unfair that you can inherit money you didn't work for. I didn't inherit any money. I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't either. Yeah, my, and that's the other misperception uh, that he's he's making it out as if all wealthy white people were given that money and they didn't work hard for it. Yeah, well, that's uh, Pat. I'll ask you this question: Both of our dads have passed away. Mm -hmm. uh, are you wealthy because of the inheritance your dad left you? I'm trying to think of uh, the or the work total... that you've done. Which one is grand total you of more? money my dad left me? <laughs> Carry the one, bring down the two, the, the, the no. comma, none. Yeah, yeah. That's I, not the I, way. This, that's not the way uh, no. it's worked. I, you know. No. I mean, I I don't know. That's not the way. Maybe he lives in a different world where this is happening. I mean, he does live in an unbelievably – he lives in Alpine, New Jersey, I believe, uh, which is one of the nicest, most wealthy uh, New York suburbs. Uh, the guy might have a lot of people around him who have inherited their wealth. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not the people that I know. In fact, it's not the statistical majority by any means, even of rich people. It's a very small minority that have it actually is. inherited their wealth. And the people Seems that, to me is about 20%. And the, yeah, and the people who do inherit that wealth are almost all gone. 
Yeah. They're almost all gone within a couple generations. Right. Um, so it's really, you know, the kids, a, a very small percentage of rich kids remain rich adults. Plus, there's nothing, if, if you want to leave money to your children and your family and that you worked hard for yeah. and you want to leave them a better life than you had, what the hell are you doing? This? What else are Whose you doing? Whose business this for? is that? Yeah, yeah. You can't tell me that I can't. I can't leave money to my children. Yeah. You, you think he won't leave his money to his children? Who you leave it to? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just white people who inherit money. Black people inherit money as well. It's just nonsense, start right. to finish. Yeah, it. I mean, they use this oh. um, uh, ar the argument of. Uh, well, you can't, you know, you earn this unfairly. Well, there has to be some group they think today is in the position that they used to be. I mean, when he was growing up and, and, and through um, the, the, the 90s and, and that generation, clearly he would probably make the point that gay people were uh, horribly mistreated through that period. So mm -hmm. does he owe... Um, uh, gay people for that mistreatment? Does he owe other groups that, well, I don't know what the next one down the road is that we're all going to decide is being mistreated right now, but whatever that one is, does he owe them because he got it first? I mean, I, it's, an, it's, crazy. it's a ridiculous thing. Crazy. You, this is why the fundamental principles that this country was founded on are so important. When you think of yourself as an individual and you're not constantly thinking of the collective, Mm -hmm. You are able to make decisions like this and realize that it's absurd to be responsible for what your father or your gra grandfather or your great-grandfather who was suffering from a freaking potato famine was doing. Right. You know, exactly. and, and you can't possibly be held responsible for that. And, you know, to, act, to make these racial sort of generalizations based on that is ridiculous. It's uh, racism. Is what it is. <laughs> Wait, racial generalizations mm -hmm. are racism? <laughs> yes, that's... Can you I look yes. that up? I don't think that can possibly be true, <laughs> Jeffy. <laughs> More patents, too, coming up. No, no. Nah, I think, I think not, not maybe I had that wrong. Right, thank you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. Let's see if this guy's in favor of it as an yeah, officer. Yeah, 727 Beck. Uh, we have a we have an officer of the law from West Virginia uh, joining us here on the phone. We were talking about uh, cops wearing body cams, mm -hmm. uh, and we talked yesterday about the fact that uh, it really helped clarify what happened in Salt Lake City, where a white kid who's 20 years old, so he, he was a man, uh, was shot unarmed, shot by a black police officer. Um, and it was sort of, it seemed like the circumstance, it happened two days after Ferguson, seemed like the circumstances were somewhat similar. But when you saw the, and he was wearing a body cam, so you saw the event unfold. And uh, one of the local papers uh, posted the video, and it was, it was pretty clear that the guy sort of was justified. I mean, it looked like a justified shooting, because, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, the guy had his hands sort of in his, in his, uh, the lining of his pants, so you don't know if he's got a gun in there. And when he was pulling it out, you know, he kept saying, uh, show me your hands, show me your hands, show me your hands. And as the guy raised one of his hands, the, the cop shot him. So 
Now, although, if you're if you are asking to see your hands, that's were, kind of yeah, yeah that's what I thought tough. at first. But then I, you know, as I watched it a few times, I thought I, I don't what, know. Yeah, what would you think? And, you, and luckily, because of the camera, we know we yeah. have a, we have a picture. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to Lance in West Virginia. Uh, Lance, welcome to the Pat and Stu show. Thanks. How you guys doing? Good. Um, so this number of the 200 and, well, we'll call it a quarter of a billion dollars for the federal money for the cameras, uh, that's really only the start of it. Uh, I work for a really small department. There's actually only six of us. Um, we've had the body cams for about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's required uh, to have this service, but the cameras that we have are through Taser. And they will store the data for you. Um, It's managed online and all that. We're able to burn CDs or videos, but for that service, they charge a fee. And it's somewhere between $1,000 and $2,000 a year for us, and we're a department of six. Obviously, the larger your department, the more space you're going to take on their servers, and so the more it's going to cost. So that money, while the departments, because this is just how police departments look, they're like, oh, free money, we're going to go get stuff. Even though that's there, they're inevitably going to end up crawling right back because they didn't have the money to buy the cameras to begin with. Do they really have the money to pay this continual fee to store the data? Right. Okay. So the the fees are end up being this long. Mm -hmm. So the costs would be higher, and I think that's an important aspect of it. Lance, ask answer this too. Do you see these cameras as sort of an invasion of your privacy, or do you see these cameras as uh, a positive in that? People will actually get to see what happened, and they'll be able to judge it for themselves. As an officer, I like the fact that I, I like the fact that I have the camera because uh, a police officer's word used to be uh, taken as being the truth, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, not uh, so much now. Bad guys have ruined that for us, yeah. and so it's it's just not anymore. Does it but does it make you conscious of? That, are you conscious of everything you say and do now? I mean, does it make you more aware? Not, not any, not any more than I always have been because okay. you, there's witnesses for everything. Yeah. Um, the thing I don't like about it, though, that the advantage of the in-car cameras have is that if you don't push the button to turn it on, it doesn't turn on. And I've had some mm. high-stress situations that I just didn't have time to turn it on, and nothing that I did was captured because mm. it just it wasn't in my in my. Well, wow. my thought was to get my gun out, not to turn the camera off. Right, oh, that's smart. Yeah, appreciate the call. Uh, thanks for really, it's, it's interesting. I think the overwhelming thing, though, from officers is it's positive for them in the right situation. Obviously, with some yeah. hiccups, but I mean, overall, they want these things, and I think this. I think overall, this this shuts the Al Sharpton, you know, industry down. I think it does. This is a story you've been kind of uh, charged up about for a few days. You've been following this for a while, right? Yeah, it's been a week or two since the original Rolling Stone piece came out. University of Virginia. How long has it been? 
uh, week couple weeks. Two. Yeah, I'd say. Um, I feel like it maybe came out over the Thanksgiving week. Um, really? Maybe when I read it. If true, <clears throat> horrible story. Horrible. And if not, a horrible accusation against. Uh, seems to be in doubt at this point. Yeah. I would say. Um, uh, if you don't know the story, uh, it was in Rolling Stone, lengthy piece written by an, uh, a journalist, uh, telling the account of a woman named Jackie, which is not her real name. Um, she was uh, befriended uh, a older guy at school named Drew. Um, and Drew is that his real name? Uh, not his real name. Okay. Um, Drew. Uh, so don't get pissed off at Drews, uh, it in uh, well, Charlottesville. You, if they deserve it, you can. But but yeah, but, but not for this. Not for you this. Shouldn't, you shouldn't get pissed off at them. Uh, so, befriended Drew. Drew brings her to a frat house party. Uh, they have a couple drinks. Things are going well. Okay. Drew's, what were they drinking? They were drinking um, Zima. Okay. Zima Gold. All right. Uh, they had a, the last few remaining Zima Golds on Earth. Wow. Um, and so they were drinking Zima Gold, mm -hmm. <laughs> which may have been where the story went awry, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Uh, so they're drinking Zima Gold. They decide to uh, go upstairs um, and, uh, you know, have a little... Uh, so she was planning on getting oh, yeah. together she with was, him. She liked the they were attention. Hooking up. And the, and they she were hooking in. up. So she goes upstairs. Uh, as soon as she goes in. What was in, she wearing? I don't know. And that's not, not, not uh, as you would. Not relevant? Not, as you would know, not relevant to the story. No, I didn't um, know that. I was, I was just trying to get the details so I can be as well versed you want, in the I will story say this. Well, and I know you're kidding, but you mm -hmm. want the details. Read this Rolling Stone thing. Really? They go into horrific detail Oof. about this, as, this incident. And, and, you know, look. It's a it's a story written because he goes they go into this room. It's a pitch black room. Mm -hmm. She's immediately hit by something. Uh, she's trying to fight her way out. She is pinned on the floor. She goes through a glass table, uh, glass shards in her back. <clears throat> she is held down. People holding out her feet and uh, kneeling on her hair is the way they described it. Um, she couldn't get up. Obviously, she was raped multiple times over several hours on a bed of glass. By these, by these seven um, frat boy pledgers. They're ple they, to get into the frat, you have to commit a rape, apparently, is the way it was portrayed. Now, this is a magazine, obviously, whose agenda is, is a terrible rape culture, and everyone's getting raped, and one in .5 women have been raped in college, mm. and all the statistics that don't seem to make any sense, with rape rates falling through the floor for 30 years in this country, somehow they're skyrocketing only in these really fancy buildings that cost a lot of money. So, mm -hmm. we get to this point where... Uh, this woman now has, has had this terrible attack over multiple hours. She leaves the party um, and is bloody and torn up, but no one notices as the party's still going on downstairs. She goes, calls her friends, not the police, calls her friends. Uh, her friends say, come on, sure, you were raped for the last three hours for by seven different people, but you can't report that to campus authorities because, I mean, how will that look for the University of Virginia? Now, I, again, allow for the possibility that I've been sheltered in life and that I've never met anyone as terrible who would do any of these things, including the friends, who are criminal, crim, criminally negligent yeah, in my, to advise sheer that. Sheer evil. Sheer evil to sheer even advise that evil. they shouldn't report that. Uh, they all agree that her social status will be harmed in some way so they don't report it. And she never files charges. Ever. Not even now. Mm -hmm. Never filed charges. I'm sure that there's probably a statute of limitations that's happened. Well, I don't know if it, it was, it's not uh, ancient history, but it's, it's been a while. So uh, the question, though. And if it's been going on for years, don't why, you sort of have 
almost an obligation to maybe say something. You, you so do, that, I think. I mean, because the, for the justice system to work, and again, make this clear, I want it to work if this story is true. It's one of the worst stories oh, yeah. I've ever heard. It's yeah. Uday and Kusei Hussein-esque. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that bad, and I want justice to come, and I want the same kind of justice that happened to Uday and Kusei mm -hmm. to come to these people if they did this. Um, however, to, for the justice system to work, you have to do something about it. This is why the Bill Cosby stuff is tough for me, because it's like it's been 50 years, and I, I don't know what you can make of a rape allegation that's 50 years old. I don't know how you prove it. I don't know how any of that happens. And he's innocent until proven guilty, just like these mm -hmm. people would be. However... There is nowhere in the uh, article, is it, do they say, is an alleged attack or according to Jackie. It's just assumed that it's true. The, the author of the story herself, a journalist, has said that she went out with the idea of finding a story like this and went to multiple colleges where she could not find it and then eventually said she found it at the University of Virginia. Um, now... The story seems to be sketchy in that she does not seem to have checked into this story at all. She believes that this woman was credible. She's told a story that she found to be credible. But outside of that, there doesn't seem to be much homework done in that she, according to the Washington Post, uh, never talked to any of the accused perpetrators to get their side of the story. Like, did it occur? To me, the story doesn't sound credible. It doesn't feel to credible. Be, to be raped on shards of glass... Mm -hmm. For three hours, you'd be torn up like crazy. Oh, my God. You, uh, loss of blood? I, I, it would have been a bloody mess in there. Yeah. It would have been a bloody mess. Not just from the victim, but the perpetrators would have been bloody as right. well. As a, as a female who I, shall remain unnamed, because uh, obviously you don't need to know any of the people when I make accusations, as we're following the Rolling Stone standards here. Uh, as a unnamed female messaged me after we were told the story originally, even the most evil person in the world would not want to rape someone on shards of glass just out of selfishness. Right. It's a not uncomfortable, it's, frankly. It's not a pleasant thing to do, I would assume. Plus, the victim could also use one of those shards of glass, I don't know, in the neck of one of the perpetrators. <laughs> That's a good point, too. About grabbing one of those shards and yeah. jamming it through the juggler vein of one of these creeps if it really happened. I mean, yeah. I'd want that to happen. Absolutely. Uh, so and again, so if, uh, and there's I, some holes in it. It seems like. And but again, I, I find myself possible. in that position of saying, "Look, I may be sheltered. I grew up in Connecticut. wasn't a wealthy town, but it was a decent town in Connecticut. Uh, you know, my life was. I feel like it was a good one so far. I feel like it's been pretty nice. And so maybe I haven't met the people who I believe would be capable of not." raping someone on a date, a date rape, or a horrible rape where you're completely hammered. No, a planned rape that is an annual occurrence to get into a fraternity. You, hey, we have to set up a room with oddly a glass table for when this woman comes over that we hand select and we make nice with her. Then we bring her up to a room, have her raped for three hours on shards of glass and expect not to get in trouble for it. Anyone who would even be Crazy. capable of that, I don't think I've ever met. But I certainly no. don't think I would ever, uh, that I, do, I don't, do those people exist? I guess, I mean, Uday and Kusei would be an example. Uday and Kusei Hussein, the sons mm -hmm. of Saddam Hussein, repeatedly did things like this, rape rooms and things like this. Mm -hmm. So on earth, yeah, India is famous for uh, what is apparently a rape epidemic over there, that guys are constantly raping women in it. I mean, so it is possible. All of this story is possible but it doesn't pass the smell test as probable 
And because there's an agenda behind the publication doing it that wants to promote that there's this horrible idea of a rape culture going on all the time, and because there's no sourcing and they haven't even talked to any of the people involved in it other than the person making the accusation, you have to run at this with a skeptical eye. And even the Washington Post is doing that now. And if you want to say that, well, no one would ever attempt to make a false rape accusation, we have evidence of that today. This comes from uh, National Review Online. Before you get to that, though, let, mm -hmm. me, just, let me just add this. Okay, because yeah. if what she says is true, mm -hmm. this should shut down the University of Virginia. It should shut it down. Mm -hmm. She apparently, she supposedly told them. She did. She allegedly La told later. them. Not that And much. they said, yeah. look, we don't want to do anything yep. with that because you'll besmirch our reputation. Come on. If that's okay. true, again, Virginia, the University of Virginia needs to go away. Maybe there are people like out there like this. You know, we, we, the accusation was against Joe Paterno. We should get his son on, by the way. I heard an interview with him recently making the defense of his father, which yeah. was really compelling. Oh, was it really? Really compelling. Uh, he wrote a book about it, um, and we should get him on. He, yeah, he, I'd he, like I, to. I, 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 I meant to tell you all the evidence, like too, to. of that, right? Yeah, and I, I'll tell you, yeah, his, his defense was really compelling. But beyond that, maybe there are people who just, look, I don't care. You know, go to the college, go to the university, screw these rape victims. Yeah, every year we have some girl running in here who's, yeah, she went to a fraternity, they pledged, and they had, you know, they raped her. But come on, this is the University of Virginia. We've got a reputation to protect. Yeah, I just, maybe those people exist. And again, all of this is man. possible. Yeah. But man, it doesn't seem probable to me. Doesn't. And when you have this other thing, these other things on top of it, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. And luckily, I think the media is. Uh, skeptical. I, it, it seems like, you know, for whatever reason, Rolling Stone is treated as journalism. I, I don't know why that is. I, I don't think that they have a good track record, to be perfectly honest. I think they said a lot, a lot of well, their war coverage was terrible. Um, you know, they, they've done a lot of things that I think are shady as, as far as um, uh, journalism goes. But, you know, this case, I mean, you know, they're going to defend it. She is her defense seems to be, you're not focusing on the right thing. Don't focus on whether it's true or not. Focus on her story. Well, I'm sorry. You have to be skeptical in this situation. And I, I think that's yeah. natural and, and correct. And again, she's never filed charges. They won't give the name even to other journalists because she said she made a pact with the woman to never reveal the name. So eventually, mm -hmm. we, we basically never will know if, unless someone digs this up. They're able to dig up... Every person who posts on freaking Facebook something controversial, they're able to find this person where they live. I don't know. Maybe they'll within, be able to find Within it. five minutes. Within five minutes. I mean, I, maybe there's – I don't know if anyone's looking for this or not. Um, but this sort of thing does get revealed occasionally. And, and if you think there's never been a fake uh, accusation, here's, here's, here's an example for you. A federal investigation revealed that a racist rape threat against a University of Chicago student activist was actually fake written by the student's friend to gain support for their cultural sensitivity initiatives. Oh, jeez. Freshman Derek Coughlin posted a threat against junior Vincente Perez on his own Facebook wall on November 18th, then claimed a racist hacker must have done it. Perez had co-written a petition earlier in November demanding that the university address cultural sensitivity issues after he saw students wearing Mexican Halloween costumes that had offended him. The petition's demands included a mandatory cross-cultural competency program. Mm. God, if this generation thinks things like oh, a manual cross-cultural competency program uh, work, that'll fix it. This is uh, our it. nation is going to be destroyed. <laughs> um, the Facebook page made, uh, made it obvious that he's an activist. Um, uh, and I wish, you know, I don't have the picture of it here. Do I have it open still on here? 
I don't. The, the actual um, uh, quote from the uh, Facebook page of the threat was like, rape season has begun! We are going to rape, rape, rape and be rapetastically raping all year long. I mean, it was like mm. so over the top and ridiculous, but this has happened. How many times have we seen this? College, uh, you know, racism that is fake at college. Yeah. Uh, waitresses who over say that they've been, uh, I don't approve of your lifestyle. You get no tip. We find out that it's fake. These things are faked all the time. This is the beginning of our rape season, Stu. Oh, yeah, but... Rape hard and harder until they're quiet, brothers. Come oh on. Gosh. Come on. But again, and it was totally you, untrue. You, right. right. But you need that totally attitude faked. times a thousand yeah. to get to the to Rolling Stone story. Exactly. You need somebody who's that guy mm-hmm. and executing it in corroboration with many friends and all of them remain silent. I mean, oof. Really? Maybe. Again, I, I could be naive here. I'm not, you know, I'm, and, and certainly one case of anything can happen. We've had people dragged behind freaking pickup trucks in this country. We've had people eating Laotian teenagers in their, in their, uh, in their apartments. We've seen terrible, terrible things. Although, I will say, the dragged, the, the Matthew, um, uh, what's his name that was dragged behind the, the truck? The, the, are you talking, talking about, about homosexual? Multiple? No, no, this is oh, the okay. black guy that was, uh, that's what Different I was Different narr- narrative has emerged on that one, even. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that is... Uh, that that, that is, wasn't about homosexuality. That is true. There, is, uh, some, uh, there are some accusations so about that, I, yeah. You just don't know was sometimes. Was it about the beginning of rape season? It was not, I don't think <laughs> no. there is a season. No, I don't think, uh, I don't this, think tis so. Tis not the season, in case you're sure. wondering. Tis not the rape season. No. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. This is a fascinating story to me because, because of the immediate acceptance... Yeah. Uh, by oh most in the media. In fact, to oh. the point where you, you said this is going to bring University of Virginia down if it's true, they've launched an investigation based on this story. I mean, they have launched a legitimate oh, they investigation. Need uh, they need to. Yeah, oh and, and, and yeah. good. They you need know, to know good. if it's true. They need to know if it's true. And I hope we find out that. I hope we find out <clears> the, the best outcome here, and it's not because I'm rooting for uh, this woman to be a liar. I hope she's lying. Oh, because if to. this is true, it does put uh, you know, what humans are capable oh, of in in a whole different light, and yeah. it's not something that's you yeah. know, positive, obviously. Triple eight seven two seven back. There's more patents too on the way. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's uh, patents too. Now, a couple of days ago, there was a little incident with a GOP staffer uh, who was noticing the Obama daughters at the, this happened last week, the, the Obama daughters went with the president to his announcement of pardoning the turkey. Right. It's that cute little thing they do every year. <laughs> Pardon the turkey. And then the turkey gets to go to Disneyland or something. I don't know. what Rides the roller coasters and stuff, right? That's exactly it. They said they actually to, uh, do go on roller coasters. Yeah. They send it to, actually, they do send it to some sort of turkey paradise or something, and, and they live a sweet life. This one turkey. No, they, I li- yeah. It's such a stupid thing. Like, they, they, they parody this one turkey. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And then this one turkey goes to turkey paradise, and then they eat, like, 12 other turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Did you, did you see the, the menu on Thanksgiving? It was pretty sweet. I mean, they had six different kinds of pie. Uh, you know, I mean, Not the where way. are the six different where kinds the, of pie? We I mean, just said the word the pie. House. Where's the pie? Where is? I don't want five different kinds no. of pie. No, I want that. six. And these are from the in- income inequality people. So, yes. uh, oh yeah. Anyway, uh, what happened was he he's doing the announcement. They're, you know, the, I mean, they're not dressed 
uh, elegantly necessarily, but it was more their attitude when they were photographed that looked like they did not want to be there. You know, they looked like yes. teenagers who just didn't want to hang with dad that, during that announcement. So a GLP staffer noticed and suggested that they show a little class. And then that GOP staffer, of course, uh, was excoriated. And have, has, that, has that staffer been fired? I think she resigned. I think either resigned or was fired. That's unbelievable. Um, because you can't, you can't go after the children of the president, right? Under virtually any circumstances. If she, just because Sasha and Malia were in the photograph doesn't mean that they're fair game. If they're out campaigning for him, yeah, yeah. maybe I, I don't know. Even then, they're what thirteen. Yeah, and uh, to me, 14? there's two lines. One is uh, one I think is um, public eye and campaigning. Yeah. Like yes. Two though is are you of in age. politics? I don't even. I mean, like I don't care if you're campaigning for um, uh, for somebody and you're in, and they're using you constantly in ads, but you're ten. Is they're still off limits? Yeah. If they're twenty four. No, they're not. If they're coming, they get to they get criticized just like anybody else in the in the political sphere. If they're out there campaigning actively, a good example was during the Clinton years with Chelsea. I mean, she was not the most attractive uh, of children at the time, yeah. and and yeah, but know, we you, all have you, our you awkward years, or yes, some of them and for some us, of them like are, decades, are right uh, now. <laughs> but um, but you know, you you couldn't really comment on that first of all because it's not appropriate to to bash a little girl for right for not being beautiful just because you don't like your dad. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so, then you you have uh, her growing up as an adult and being more political and going out campaigning once in a while for her parents or somebody else. Yeah. Well, then she's fair game. Yeah, she's a media personality. Okay, she's, she's been hired by Good Morning America or whatever show. Totally she was different on. deal now. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, now I, with Sasha and Malia being teens or or one of them still preteen, is one of them twelve and one of them's fourteen or something? I don't something know. like that. I, I I think they're off limits. Completely. I would completely agree with that. And, and, and can we get the full statement up there again? And we just had it yeah, up on, I, the, on the wall. I think it would have been okay ago. if she, they would have just talked about maybe the actions, you know, wanting to be there. If you would have joked about how bored they look, maybe, yeah. you know, that'd be okay. Yeah. I, but telling them to sh try showing a little class. Yeah, I mean, they were dressed fine. Here they it is. Here, dear Sasha and Malia, I get that you're both in those awful teen years, but you're part of the first family. Try showing a little class. At least Jeez. respect the part you play. Then again, your mother and father don't respect their positions very much, or the nation for that matter. So I'm guessing you're coming up a little oh. short in the good role model <laughs> department. Okay, now you agree with some of that. Well, but the you don't take it out on the, the kids. Parents, yeah, the criticism of the parents, absolutely. Don't take it out on the kids. Nevertheless, cool. stress your, uh, stretch yourself. Rise to the occasion. Act like being in the White House matters to you. Dress like you deserve respect, oh not a spot at a bar. I think that's Ooh, really that's rough. Where she, yeah, uh, and certainly uh, don't make faces during televised public events. Look, you're going to get that. I mean, you know, w w kids have made... Mm. Faces at events. I mean, famously, Rudy Giuliani's kid. Remember him when he was getting uh, when he was getting, um, uh, I think, sworn in, and his kid was like crawling that. all over his back and like jumping on the podium. It was crazy. Saturday Night Live even did something on it back in the day. I mean, mm. that happened. Is he still alive? The kid. The kid. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because you don't put up with that. <laughs> uh, but you know, look. To, first of all. I think criticizing the way they dress is obviously out of bounds. You don't yeah. do that. And, you know, secondly, you know, I don't know that you even say, hey, sh you know, showing a little class isn't the right way to do it. If you want to, you could probably get away with saying, like, you know, 
even though you know he's your dad, you know you should try to. I, I don't know why you do look this as a GOP staffer. Certainly, look less yeah. bored, maybe. But you know, maybe you notice that they're a little bored, and that that's probably okay. But the best safe thing is to stay away from it. I mean, you know, Glenn <laughs> even at one point in a conversation, you know, he wasn't meaning to say anything bad. This is years ago now. Said something we were talking. I don't remember what even the context was, but it was something he felt bad enough to actually come out and say, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I mean, and Glenn doesn't usually do that. You know, he felt like it was because, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're you don't want that line to be crossed, even with people like the president. Right. Um, you know, uh, it's just a tough uh, it's a tough thing because people just I think you automatically apply the things, um, you know, you don't like the president. And you, when you see, you know, because he's doing things that you think are harmful to the country policy wise, and then you wind up stretching that too far. I, I think that's probably what happened here. And. And, you know, she did apologize for it, but she did also resign. Yeah. Yeah. And she did resign. She so. said, uh, after many hours of prayer, talking to my parents, rereading my words online, I can see more clearly just how hurtful my words were. And she stepped down. Wow. So, I mean, I, you know, look, I, it's not a big deal. And uh, mm. I, I think she handled it right. You apologize. You move on with your life. However, I don't remember the slew of apologies to the Bush twins uh, back yeah. in the day. Oh, I will note gosh. that. They were constantly criticized, Always. called drunks, yep. Yep. you know, a beat up in the media all the time. And no one seemed to give a crap at all about those two kids because they were Republicans. And they had the sure. R under their daddy's name. And that, so that was Complete very double standard. Complete. But wrong, I think, in both cases. Yes, definitely. Um, meanwhile, now, uh, atheists are using a little girl's uh, faux Dear Santa letter. To uh, send another incendiary message about Christmas and fairy tales. I, I, I don't understand why atheists, it's become an annual deal. Here's the, here's the uh, billboard that they put up. Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is to skip church. I'm too old for fairy tales. jeez. Oh, Shut up. Okay. Um, so they find it necessary every year to put up these messages. Uh, Trying to get attention, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. In a 2013 poll, uh, we found that 77% of U.S. citizens believe that Jesus was resurrected. Wow, 77%? So that would mean, I, I, essentially, 77% of us are Christians, not just believers in God, right? right? Believer in God number is higher than, considerably Much higher. higher. Yeah. With a separate poll finding that 70% of the nation believes Christ is, is God or God's son. American atheists claim, though, that the billboards on display uh, <laughs> up until Christmas Eve target in the, in, the in the closet atheists who are pressured to observe religious traditions during the holidays. I think that's bull crap. I, I, I think, I, I don't know what it is, with their, what their deal is. They seem to be very angry that people believe and they don't. They seem to be, uh, yeah, there's so some sort of insecurity going on there. They're, they're much smarter than you, Pat. That's the problem. That's true. Um, you, <laughs> well, uh, I believe in superstitions. That. Right. Right. And they don't. Never, and they ever, don't. Never, never, ever, never, never. And they don't. Um, I, you know, I don't under, I, we've talked about this before. I, I don't necessarily understand the evangelical aspects of atheism. I can understand if you find, you don't find your answer, you don't. So what? That's okay. Then, then, uh, then leave us alone. What, Let us do what, what we do. What is the value, other than, you know, for someone like American Atheists, this, an organization to raise money and attention for themselves, what's the value of being evangelical about atheism? I, I don't, don't know. know. We should ask Penn Jillette that. He's, he's, I would consider him evangelical because, about it. 
And, and, and that's because you would or would not? I would. I mean, he's written books, you know, arguing the viewpoint. He comes on shows like this. I think one of the reasons he likes to come on Glenn's show is because he knows a lot of people are uh, faithful, and he wants to preach his truth. And I would I, love to ask uh, him what he thinks of this. Yeah, Because well, this is nasty. You know, this is just, it's mean-spirited, and it's unnecessary. And wh why are you doing that? Yeah, do, do we do do Christians put and maybe maybe they do somewhere yeah. put up billboard saying hey atheists you're idiots hey suck on this hey, go to church how, how stupid can you be for not believing hey, enjoy your dirt nap because that's it for you okay yeah it's true I don't there's not a lot of Christians who approach things that way I don't think so <laughs> it's true I don't think so uh, Westboro Baptist Church probably does. Uh, they probably <laughs> well, we do. do see yes. big billboards of yes. you know need more God in your life and stuff well, yeah, like but that. those are I mean, positive yeah. messages, not yeah. negative ones. And and it's not necessarily directed toward atheism either. It's yeah. not. It's not. Uh, it's, it, those are usually calls towards people who have fallen away right. from uh, their all and just faith aren't really practicing had, right now. Practicing, they still have yeah. the faith, but they don't yeah. practice. Uh, they go on to say even children know churches spew absurdity which is why they don't want to attend church services. Enjoy the time with your family and friends instead. Today's adults have no obligation to pretend to believe the lies their parents believed. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, it certainly is true, but it, it, there's, no, there's no application here. I mean, uh, which it, goes it, against what they're saying they believe, right? I mean, yeah. that's true, but the people who are going to church and saying they believe in God are lying. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, look, it's worth finding your own path and challenging your own beliefs at some point in your life. I think we've all done that, right? Was there ever, yes. I mean, that's what you have to do to truly believe. If you just, you know, if you grow up in the cult from, uh, you know, that, what was the, the Heaven's Gate cult? Mm -hmm. You're born into that, and you grow up, and you're just a cult member your entire life, and you've never questioned anything, and then you die, that's not real faith. Right. Mm -hmm. A real faith comes from questioning. It's why, you know, Jefferson uh, advocated for that, as Glenn is so famously quoted so many times. I was just going to go there. Go for it. Do you have uh, the quote off the top of your head? Uh, question even the very existence of God, for if there be a God, he must surely rather honest questioning over blindfolded fear. And this goes back to our founders and it goes back before them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I think that's a very safe and not, or a very safe thing to do. I mean, look, you got to You got to. Do it. You, at some point in your life, you have to do that. And if you don't, you're probably, you're probably not as yeah. concrete in your faith you, as you believe you are. I mean, you, you obviously start out uh, as a child living on your parents' faith. Mm -hmm. That gets you through the first, the formative years. But there comes a time when you have to find out for yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're, you're, so your kids are either going to find out for themselves or they're going to fall away from whatever faith uh, you've given them or tried to uh, bestow upon them. So uh, that, uh, during those years. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody has to know for themselves. Does that work, Jeffy, the, the same way with Satanism? <laughs> I already said once today on the show that I have not made a full deal. That's true. You, you, did, you did say that. Okay. You That's did true. say that. So Triple that, eight, negotiations are still in progress. BECK, more patents <laughs> still coming on. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to have additional perspectives. Mm -hmm. Like yours. Triple eight seven two seven. It's Pat Stu. Uh, a guy with a sense of humor went out uh, 
just that way, with a sense of humor, writing his own obituary. Young man, too, really kind of a sad story. Aaron Joseph Permort uh, from Minneapolis died last week at 35 years old, uh, battling after battling leukemia for several years. But uh, he is an art director during, uh, by day, wanted to be remembered in his own special way. And uh, also, at the end, shared some amazing secrets with his family. So he wrote his own obituary uh, for himself to be published after his death. And it claimed that, uh, do, we have the, do we have the full obituary? Yeah, I think this is, uh, this is it here. Permart J., uh, Aaron Joseph, age 35, died peacefully at home on November 25th after complications from a radioactive spider bite that led to years of crime fighting and a year-long battle with a nefarious criminal named Cancer who has plagued our society for far too long. Civilians will recognize him best as Spider-Man and thank him for his many years of service protecting our city. Aaron was a comic book aficionado, a pop culture encyclopedia, and almost... Uh, and always the most fun person at any party. He's survived by his parents, Bill and Kim, father Mark, er uh, sisters Erica and Nicole, first wife Gwen Stefani, and current <laughs> wife Nora. I'm, I'm guessing his first wife was not no, Gwen Stefani. No, not actually Gwen no, Stefani. He uh, probably and, wishes. Yeah, and their son, Ralph, who will grow up to avenge his father's untimely death. <laughs> his wife Nora yes. described the writing of the obituary on her blog. Before he died, we had time to mm. sit down and write it. I've never laughed and cried more in one sitting, but I'm so glad we loved, we got to do this. I love this man so damn much. Very oh, cool. Man. And I guess uh, Norris' sister yeah. set up an online fundraiser to cover the cost of Aaron's medical treatment, his mm. funeral, and to help provide for the couple's son, Ralph. Target was hundred grand, and it's already up to 104000 Nice. Very cool. Very and, cool, and a great way to do it. Do we know what the website is? Because uh, you know, maybe, maybe we could boost that a little bit. I don't have it here. See so if you can uh, give that to us maybe before the yeah. end of the break, and we'll hit it. Uh, all right. Also, this is kind of exciting because there is a Star Wars teaser trailer out. And uh, what, the thing that disappointed me most about this was finding out it's not coming out next summer. It's coming out in December. Of 2015. Yeah. Hmm. Of next year. Still so, a year away. Still a year away. I've, I thought we were six months away now. Didn't you? Didn't, wasn't that initially for summer 2015? That's yeah, what I thought anyway. Maybe. Star Wars always came out in the spring, summer, in the, like Memorial Day time, right? Uh, but here, if you haven't seen it yet, here's a look at the uh, little teaser trailer and the controversy involving it. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? It's a black stormtrooper. Apparently that's controversial. More stormtroopers. X-wing fighters. The dark side. Oh wow, that's like a that's like a sword. That music just makes me feel good. Star Wars. The Force Awakens. Sweet. And now the disappointment. December 2015. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, look, I mean, just that, 
it's it's not a great trailer. No, but it is not a great trailer. I'll be honest with you. I mean, the, uh, you got the you got the black stormtrooper who looks around and then walks off. I, I, you got a soccer ball no, with a head. You got a soccer ball with a head. You got this weird-looking uh, flying vehicle. Yeah, uh, which isn't much of it. I mean, I mean, I, you know, look. And then you have the trailer. X-wing fighters, and that's kind of cool. The guy with the with the kind of cross sword thing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, the, the Millennium Falcon looks cool. I mean, those battle scenes now with the technology they have, it, that's going to be imagine. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's it's not a great trailer. I'll, I'll say. Um, you know, I, I, but it's a teaser. And the fact yeah. that you're seeing anything from a cool new Star Wars. I remember as a kid thinking, they got to get going on these. They got to get one, two, three done and seven, eight, nine done. Right. And then I remember they're never going to do any more after Return of the Jedi. Well, that's what Lucas Lucas always yeah, said. He always said, I'm not going to do any more. Uh, somewhere along the line, he was going to do nine, right? That was the initial plan that we all heard in the beginning, if I remember right. And then somewhere down the line from that, he decided, no, nah, I'm not doing any more. And one of the rumors I heard was that he didn't want to treat people to any more Star Wars after Howard the Duck bombed. I think I've heard that rumor, too. Have you heard that, too? I don't either. It may may be urban legend. but And and uh, by the way, Howard the Duck coming back. New Howard the Duck. What? Did you watch Guardians of the Galaxy? I said Guardians of the Galaxy. Any any comic book geeks know the answer to this? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, at the end of that, yeah, they always do a teaser to something coming, and they show a Howard the Duck clip like it's there's like i guess he appears in the movie somewhere howard the duck is in the in the guardians galaxy briefly in the movie guardians mm-hmm. of the galaxy so they're, they're foreshadowing a movie coming what's this justin that's interesting he's not getting his own movie he's just gonna i think he's just gonna be in another one he may just be in another one all right i disagree our, with that by the way because our geek uh, expert uh, justin the cameraman yes uh, that's that's about as, as cool as a reference he'll ever come up with Yes, is Howard the Duck. Um, uh, but Howard the Duck, of course, uh, I, is a movie I watched uh, as a kid. Did you love uh, it? And did like it. Leah Thompson in it. Um, yeah. uh, I thought it was cool when I was a little kid. Um, looking, it didn't really stand the test of time. Um, mm, I'm guessing not. And it's all just duck-related puns. Since with anybody over the age of eight, it didn't stand that test. No, it was a, so. it was a big, huge bomb at the time. But uh, like they did a lot of... Duck puns. Like, mm-hmm. he was looking, instead of at Playboy magazine, he was looking at Play Duck yeah. magazine. That's <laughs> not even a pun. No. It's not even clever. No, it's not. And that was most of the movie. So, uh, it was a huge pun. Play Duck. Well, I remember that one for some reason. But it's all that. Like, he's like, I've got quackers. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Oh, I don't know man. if that's one of them. But it's thing. It's just putting duck-related words into the... It's like, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the Smurfs did that, right? Uh, uh, you know, cartoons do that sort of thing, but that's all they did. It was not good. Uh, I gotta say again, other than Star Wars, <laughs> I mean, we have to look at this list. The George again. Lucas thing again. Yeah, the George perfect. Lucas thing it drives me out of my mind. Yeah, because I used to think he was, you know, a genius. He's treated yeah. that way, right? He He's treated that way. He's treated like a this yes Hollywood god. Yeah, um, and uh, it's it, uh, it's interesting the. Um, uh, uh, George Lucas, he says, you know, back in the day, he would say, I would, I'm not going to do any more uh, Star Wars. And we as a society say, thank you. Give it to someone else to do it right. Because you have forgotten, apparently. I mean, he really didn't. He only directed the first one, right? Yes. He didn't even direct the best one, which is Empire Strikes Back. Right. Um, and I think he came back for the for the very first one, in the, 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 the disaster um the very uh, the the first one of the reboot, 
uh, Phantom Menace. Yes. Um, he, he, I think he did that yes. one as well. Um, but, I mean, he, so, I'm glad he's out of it. Um, yeah, I, I, frankly, I am too. Here's, here's, his, uh, here's his filmography. I'm going way back now. Jeez, wow, he's got, he's got a lot because he did a lot of side crap from the movies that actually yeah, came out. Yeah, you skip that stuff. You don't yeah, try to, try to skip as much as, uh, of that as I can. Uh, but it started out with TX 1138. That's generally considered to be his first movie. Bizarre. Have you ever seen TX 1138? Have, no. T is it T H X? I'm sorry. Yeah, T H X. Then there was American Graffiti. Classic. Which okay. again, which is like. huge. Yeah. Um, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Raiders of the Lost Ark. These were the good years. Yeah. Uh, he did a video short, uh, Return of the Ewok. Uh, then came, of course, um, Empire Strikes Back. Then there was Willow, which was not a hit. Then there was Indiana Jones' Last Crusade. So he's had two big movie franchises. You got Star Wars and you have Indiana Jones. We grant him that, right? Those are huge. But it, it, with Raiders of the Lost Ark... Wasn't that really Spielberg's doing mostly? I thought so. I, I, I think it mostly was. Uh, he did the Young Indiana Jones TV series, which I, I really liked, actually. Uh, then he did... Uh, boy, it's just loaded with all kinds of Star Wars shorts and cartoons. Uh, so he did really nothing else except Howard the Duck until... <laughs> Really Radio up. Land Murders in 1994, which was another bomb. Hmm. Uh, and now he's doing... He just keeps just building on his own, yeah. you know, the, those franchises. And he did Crystal Skull, which is a disaster. Crystal Skull, which was awful, uh, absolutely oh. awful. And then he ruined the Star Wars mm -hmm. series with, that, with the 1, 2, and 3. They were awful. Uh, now, uh, Pat, I consider you a pretty uh, Star Wars buff, I would say. Yeah, I like Star Wars. And uh, Jeffy, I consider you a, a spoon. So normally I would say, if I have a Star Wars question, there's a chance you're going to get it right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a Star Wars question that there's absolutely no chance either of you get right. Really? Absolutely okay. no chance either of you get right. Who is the largest grossing um, actor from the Star Wars series in their career? Well, you've got to believe it's Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Ford. Good, good answer. Obviously, since second, you said... Right. Second. Uh, wow, from okay, so from James Star Earl Wars. Jones, right? What's that? James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones is on the list. Yeah, he is Mark number Hamill, four. Mark Hamill, who did absolutely four, nothing. Hamill. You got Carrie Mark Fisher, Ham who did nothing. And Mark Hamill, eleven. Carrie Fisher did actually have yeah, she made some, money. some stuff. She had a couple of uh, funny movies that Was she, she did in later Sleepless on. in Seattle. I don't know. Or one of those Meg that. Ryan movies. Um, let's see. Other than Harrison Ford, I, I mean, I literally. What Billy D. Williams is actually a good guess because he was in a couple yeah. of other. No, but uh, nothing big enough. Frank Oz is a good guess as well. Third, Frank Oz is one that most people wouldn't guess, but third. Mm. I'm getting this in my ear, by the way. I'm not just mentioning these names. I, I don't know. Point that out. <laughs> I'm stumped. Jeffy, any guesses? I mean, there's literally. I gave no you chance. James. I thought James. Yeah. You know, I'm pulling James out. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who was who played. You know, it's got to be the well, guy that. Go ahead. Let me give you the third, the last place first. Okay. Okay. The last place. Only, never made any other movies. Made zero dollars. David Prowse. Love he was the actor who portrayed Darth Vader in the costume. Oh, never right. made another movie. He was uh, a bodybuilder. Never made another movie. Oh, wait. Now that you said that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess I'm, Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Very good. But no. Number one? He had most of his career or, or before Star Wars. So this is, you know, we're looking for after True. Star Wars. Oh, okay. Um, 
Anthony Daniels, number five. Again, in my ear. No, the number one. Are you ready? A name we're all familiar with. Peter May. I'm getting more guesses. No, he's number ten. The okay, number stop one. Guessing stop, stop guessing in my ear. Stop guessing in my ear. Number one. Warwick Davis. Of course it's Warwick Davis. Who the hell is Warwick what? Davis? He's the... You, you would know him as the lead Ewok yep. in Return of the Jedi, who went on to a couple of other things you may have heard of. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yep. Jack the Giant Slayer, The Chronicles of Narnia, and, of course, Star Wars, all that, and the entire Harry Potter series. There oh, you go. no wonder. Yeah. So this guy, who nobody knows who he is, is, is he actually the biggest... The little guy who's a professor in uh, I don't know Harry Potter? I... Uh-huh. Professor okay. Flitwick. Yeah. I didn't know that, but that's, wow. I thought that, that's wow. a good piece of trivia right That there. really that is. is. You're going to screw with people. absolutely guess Harrison Ford. Yeah, and he but was. But because of Harrison he, Potter. I mean, Harry Potter. Harrison yeah. Potter. But Chronicles of Narnia, too. The, yeah, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was pretty big. big. All right, we got a break. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Back with more. Show. No more. No. The Queen of Triple eight seven two seven back. Do you have that uh, website of the uh, guy who's raising money for his family and stuff after he died and wrote a really funny obituary? There it is, right there. You see it, that thing? See down. it on the screen. This this thing. It's right over over here. Go there you, and then type you, that in or something. You carry there there and then type that in. Uh, all right, fifteen incredibly weird things you can buy on Amazon for under uh, fifteen dollars. Uh, this being the holiday shopping season, and just twenty three shopping days left before Christmas. So here's uh, some things you can buy for fairly cheap. Uh, thing number one would be uh, this crazy cat lady action figure. <laughs> is that from The Simpsons or is it? no? It's not. It doesn't. She kind of looks like The Simpsons lady, but it doesn't seem to be Simpsons branded. I would definitely say that is a weird thing, yeah. I, and I I wouldn't pay any price for it. No, really? Yeah, that that thing is priceless to me. It is zero. That's <laughs> the only pay, one you can come up with. I would pay zero. And I, I wouldn't even accept it as a gift. No, thank you. Wouldn't. I don't want the crazy cat lady. <laughs> Up no. next is, uh, let's see, Bath Buzz caffeinated soap. There's actually a thing that came out with caffeinated underwear. We did this story where they, uh, they, they had to take them off the market because they're actually, they don't do anything. They're supposed <laughs> to help you lose weight. And actually, no, putting caffeine what? in your underpants does not make you lose weight. <laughs> I'm really surprised. Shocking. I know, Jeffy, you've been if, wearing Listen, them. if I can catch a buzz in the bath, I'm all for it. All right. <laughs> That's pretty. I, I mean, would the, rubbing that on your body do anything for I'll you? I'll let you know. I, I wouldn't think so. Okay. Yeah, let us Next know. Next up. Uh, number three, the selfie remote shutter release. That's not a bad idea, That's, actually. That's not bad. No, you press the button so you can get a good selfie. Fifteen bucks? Why not? Yeah, why not? All right. That cord is like two inches long. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's Apple. Hey, you can buy 1,500 live ladybugs on, on, on Amazon <laughs> for, weird. for $15. Weird. Wow. I don't know why you'd That's need a them. Lot. Uh, uh, unicorns are jerks, a coloring book exploring the cold, hard, sparkly truth. Nice. That's actually Look at really that. funny. They're smoking That's right in front of great. children. That actually looks That's really funny. funny. Yeah, that that's funny. Really funny. Unicorns are jerks. Then there's canned unicorn meat. Mm. Now, I would buy that. That's a funny gift. Mm. Radiant, <laughs> Radiant Farms, excellent source of sparkles, unicorn meat. Very nice. Funny. I like that. Uh-huh. Uh, number seven on the list from BuzzFeed, flask, five t fake tampons. <laughs> Why? To, to smuggle your booze in. Wow. 
Oh. Smuggle your booze tampon thing, wow. Spencer. Dancing with cats. <clears throat> Wonderful. I guess that's a video that you do. Okay. Next up, we're going to go toward the end of the list here. One pound of cereal marshmallows, which is always a good investment. Yeah. Uh, we have the cats A salt and pepper shaker set. Because the salt and pepper come out of the cat's Ick. Uh, rear end. <laughs> rear end. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. That's the way I'm show. Yeah. I mean, like, talking about cat's yeah. rectum is a good way to sort of sum up. That's a nice, that's a nice right yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, America.